What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Couch Podcast. Today is a very special one. Um, me and Letty are going to be talking some NBA. We got a couple of things that we want to talk about. First off, Letty, how was your Christmas break so far? Dude, the Knicks came on Christmas. Absolutely electric. I forget how electric the garden is before I step in it. And then every time I step foot in it, I'm like, oh my God, I can feel this in my soul. I can feel New York in my soul. I can feel the grit in my soul. <laughs> it was This is the best Christmas I've ever had by far, and it was because of this game. Oh, yeah. I would imagine. So, yes, what Letty's alluding to is he was in person for the Knicks win over the Milwaukee Bucks at MSG on Christmas Day. Uh, that's always been a dream of mine, so I'm very jealous of you. That That be. is... Yeah, as it should be. That is one of the best uh, places in the basketball world right there. Um, who did you how, how did you get the tickets? Are you are you able to tell us that or is that kind of a secret? No, it's not undisclosed. My uh, my aunt clutched up, got us the tickets. Yeah. This is now where it led with yearly tradition too. Oh, tradition. I didn't know that. That's very sick. This was the first year. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Incredible, dude. First year of a yearly tradition. That's awesome. Um yeah, that's that's really cool. So, what was the first thing that stuck out to you at being in person at MSG? Um, dude, it's it's the atmosphere of being like we're not even a contender, contender, but we're like in the mix. We're a playoff team, and it's just like it's also Jalen Brunson. Like he, yeah, he makes me think that, or the way the crowd reacts makes me think that this is the best Nick I've ever seen in my lifetime. Easily, like he goes toe-to-toe with the best stars in the league every single night and it's just so entertaining it's just the way he scores the the grit that he brings this team like our identity is being gritty being tough and when we're hitting shots when we're winning like i think we can compete with anyone and oh my god dude we it just like when the crowd's into it it's like there are times we feel unstoppable like this game we were leading wire to wire so fucking such a good game to be at uh is pablo prigioni your like the best nick you've ever experience or is that him or steve novak probably steve novak Novak, yeah did you go to any steve oh yeah did you go to any steve novak era knicks games because that that would be a dream back in the day dude did you go another yeah and then another notable guy ty lawson ron baker ron baker yeah ryan archa diacono was probably in that he's recent right now yeah these are all guys you know the playbook like the back of their hand Oh yes, fundamental first scores. one in, first one in, last one out type guys. Yeah, hard workers, uh, cerebral players, if you will. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's awesome. Um, this game was really a coming out party. I feel like for the Knicks, I thought you guys played Giannis better than I've seen most teams play him all Taj season. Gibson. Taj Taj Gibson. But really, it was Isaiah Hartenstein, but also yeah. Barrett on the switch. Like there was. And honestly, the biggest thing that stuck out to me was how physical Randall was with Giannis. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you, if that like, you know, what you could see that better in person. I would imagine you can. Can you speak on that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, we made Giannis earn every bucket that he had. Um, we were throwing a bunch of different looks at him, and I mean, like Julius can defend when he wants to, but he's just a diva. So like sometimes yeah. like, I don't want to fuck that. I'm not doing it. And then he won't. But in game, like on big stages, and when we play on ESPN, particularly, he's always making plays where you're like, "Oh, where the fuck has that been for the other sixty games of the season?" And then he steps up when it's prime time. So, I mean, it's to be expected. But 
Uh, we we just we played him well. Hartenstein's also stepped in great for Mitch because Mitch is out for the rest of the year, which sucks because he's like our anchor. But Stein's been good. Yeah. Um. I this might be my favorite Julius Randle game I've seen this season for sure. This season for sure. Maybe like in the last couple seasons, I thought he was truly awesome this game. Uh, both defensively but also offensively. I thought he wasn't forcing the issue at all and the minute the Knicks started to get like slightly stagnant and need a bucket Randall was there um to get to the rim on the Bucks which was you know hard to do because they're they are a bigger team um who did anyone stick out to you seeing them live uh I mean RJ was nuclear like in the first half yeah. came out scored like 20 in the first half which was cool because he's been so but but um Brunson obviously is like just the way he controls the game, like gets to his spots. And then every time he shoots the ball, you're like, Oh, that's in. That's good. He just has that kind of effect right now. Um, so yeah, but obviously like Dame was like sneaky scoring sneakily. Um, yeah, he caught up, he was cold early, but he caught up late. How was it seeing Giannis in person? He had one dunk. That was just everyone. Yeah. Just was it the oop? Froze. It was the oop. Yeah. Where yeah. he went up like to the top floor and got that thing. And, Everyone kind of just like looked around, like, what the fuck was that? I'm sure that's probably what like people think when they see Wemby play and he's like dunking over seven footers. It's probably the same thing. Oh, yeah. I would imagine. I would imagine that. Yeah. He's Giannis is a uh, bucket list. I saw him as like a young baby Wemby Giannis when he was like a, a young, a young man um, on a terrible yeah, Bucks team. Toothpick. Yeah, I think I don't even know if he played more than like seven minutes, but I remember I do remember my dad and I being like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" <laughs> he looked yeah. crazy. He looked he looked insane. He looks like a mind player, dude. Make him make Yeah, player. he does. He did. He did. Uh, his, I just remember his hands being like so long, and I was like, "Whoa!" Which that's is, a, I guess, that's a fun yeah, thing to remember from the game. Yeah. All right. Um, and um, <laughs> New I, yeah. Overall, I was extremely impressed with this Knicks performance. I did take Knicks money line. Shout out you! I figured you might. Fuck yeah, you know, dude! The Christmas spirit or whatever had to, had to get a get a win for us. That's actually the oh, first game I've been to that the Knicks have won in like recent memory. So really, yeah, um, Chris, that's awesome. I also was wondering, do you go to good Nick games usually, or are you one of those guys that gets the cheapo tickets? Because I'm 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 a cheapo guy. Um, Definitely myself. Um, I'll I'll splurge for like one good game, probably like a winter. Yeah. So I'll go to like last year I went to Pacers next, which was cool. I went to Pacers Celtics. This year was this. Yeah, fire. And that's why yeah. we're Pacers guys. So I'm yeah, person. That's why, that's why, yeah. Um yeah. and then hopefully like last year I went to a playoff game too. So that was fucking. Oh, that's money. fucking dope. That's dope. Yeah. I um this year I have I'm going to see them play the Celtics play. Uh, Minnesota and New Orleans in a couple of weeks, so I'm very excited for that. That's um, fun. Those are some good games. Um, yeah. Did anyone? Anyone? Gifts? No, those were my father. Actually, yes, it was a Christmas gift for my girlfriend, and then my dad's like birthday. I got. I shout, got out Riley. shout out Riley. Better, yeah. Shout out Riley. Shout out Riley. Shout out Riley. Um, yeah, and then I, I somehow I finessed my mom. I was like, you know, dad, you know what dad would like is if he. <laughs> yeah, I mean. He is gonna love it. Um, that's probably a lot more than you guys asked for on that. But, um, did anyone else like random stick out in the game? Because I like for me, um, I always talk about this at nauseum. But Andrew Nemhard always stuck out to me when I saw them play live. Um, the Pacers. That is. Did, was there any like random player on either the Knicks or the Bucks that stuck out? Uh, not random, but like quick was great too. Yeah, just the uh, 
like the difficulty of shots that he was hitting. Like didn't it doesn't slow his body down, like kind of turns his shoulders in air and like still it's looks so pretty and it's the shots always go in. So that was cool to watch too. He's really good and I think I re- I really want to re-sign him, but I could definitely see us letting him slip if he asked for like thirty million a year, which he is probably capable of getting now. Yeah. Uh, any word on why he doesn't play? Because I, I don't understand why he doesn't play more. There, uh, Tibbs is playing him more with Brunson, which is nice because Quick yeah. is good at defense too. But uh, I think it's just like Brunson's already a small guard, so it's hard. And Brunson's going to play thirty six minutes a game, so it's sometimes it's hard to find more minutes for Quick. Like he definitely deserves more, and other teams will probably give him more. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it's just Brunson being small. All right, and then final thing, uh, any Thonit? Did you keep up with Thanasis? Uh, yeah, dude, he was the first one out, given his teammates really? every single really? time. Out. Energy guy, dude. I could hear energy him. guy. I could hear him from the four hundreds. Could you actually hear him? No, but like, <laughs> oh yeah. I, I mean, I feel like I don't know. I wouldn't have been shocked if you were like, yeah, I heard, I heard Thanasis the entire time. Just I wouldn't doubt it, dude. I actually wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, I, did you did you keep an eye on him during the game? Because I feel like if anything happened, I would have kept looking over at Thanasis. Just selling on the bench. Yeah. Well, dude, I swear to God, I was watching the game and like a bad call was made and they like cut to Griffin as the Knicks were running back and they like kind of cut to Griffin. I swear Thanasis was like standing behind him. So he was at the scores table. Like obviously he didn't <laughs> check in, but it was just I could have been tripping, but I like I wasn't drinking by then and I, I feel like I was pretty locked into the game. And I, if that's I, the I case, swear. dude, it's, it's getting out of hand. Like he should not I be agree. I, I camera angles. He should just that's be, what I'm not be getting on the TV. He shouldn't be camping scores table. He should, he, he never goes in. So he's, he's, yeah. Wait, yeah, he's just waiting for that, for that. Oh time. yeah. Like Thanasis. Thanasis. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad we had an insider at the Christmas MSG game. That is really cool. Um, and I love when we have one of the members of the team go in person because in person, any sports is way better than seeing it on the on TV. And that's a fact. OK, nothing um, like MSG, dude, nothing, nothing like, like MSG. Uh, I would I, we definitely have to try and go to a game as a as a uh, podcast because that would be. Yeah, oh, that'd be nuts. That'd be that'd fun. Be nuts. Um, you, you think the city could handle us? I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they've ever seen the four white guys who. Is gonna drink all in flannels day. and khakis, <laughs> awkwardly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Um, how many waters did you drink while you're there? What was your water budget for the listeners? Letty is a humongous water guy, and I have firsthand seen him drink an entire box of or what? What is water sold in like a pallet? Oh, so yeah, a sure pack. Yeah, like a whatever. What like a forty-eight pack? pack? Of water. Yeah, twenty-four pack. Of water bottles. So what was None your water at budget? the game? Surprisingly, because I was I was powering through my it. sickness because I'm so tough and I was yeah. drinking the game. Nice. Um, yeah, had a, had a, probably a million beers, which cost me like two million dollars. So. Oh yeah, yeah. UFC. I still haven't financially recovered from when I went to the UFC event and drank um, twelve dollar beers. I think I had ten beers there. So oh my god, dude! Something. Well, that's like a whole that. day experience. Though. That's like yeah, that was I was there for like five hours. So. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. Great stuff. Let's go now. Uh, something we need to talk about. Luka Doncic. Um, he played Christmas as well, and he scored fifty points. He had fifteen assists and six rebounds on route to a win against the Suns. This is the best Luka has looked by far in his entire career, and 
I wanted to start with you here. What do you, what is sticking out to you about what he's doing differently? Dude, I, I think it's more of Kyrie being out. And now I think it's Luca has the ball in his hands every single possession and there's no more Kyrie sucking up 18 shots a game. Like the Mavs are 10 and seven with Kyrie. I think they're like seven and four without Kyrie. So they're still pretty solid, but like Luca's averaging 37, 37 points and 11 and a half assists and nine rebounds in December since Kyrie has been out, which is like a, an 11 game sample size, which is just, it's just dumb. Yeah. So, I agree with you there, but I also think that this team is actually surprisingly like it's better built than we I think you and I both expected. Wait, you you had in the bet with Jordan. Oh, you were Timberwolves over Thunder. Never mind. I thought you were gonna. I thought it was Mavericks over Thunder, but nonetheless, I think you and I were more low. I know I certainly was. I can't remember your specific take on the Mavericks going into the season. Uh, I I was one. I was just wrong about Derek Lively. I didn't see, um, foresee him becoming what he has become here. And granted, if he gets a huge contract, which he's probably due for later down the road, if he continues the success, uh, he should give like 45% of it to Luca because he is the perfect player to play alongside Luca. And Luca just sets him up. Um, yeah. And I think the big part of it is he is. Luca is never sped up. No matter what defense you're throwing at him, mm-hmm. he never speeds up, sort of like Jokic. And He's so big that he can just see over all the defenders and make the right pass on a double. So he's getting doubled uh, in the Suns game. Um, Grayson Allen was the primary defender, I believe, and then he's getting doubled you know, uh, with the other wings around him. And he was just every time able to make the right pass, either out to Grant Williams, Derek Jones Jr. Derek Jones Jr. Um, that was hard to say, holy hell. And, uh, you know, others, he just was able to kick the ball out to them. Um, Derek Lively, especially Dante Exum, and they're able to score for him. Um, and I, I didn't making passes like all the way across the court too. like, yes, I know skip passes past like three defenders and right in the shooter's shooting pocket. Yes, it's insane. And I didn't see Dante Exum being what he is now. I didn't foresee Derek Lively popping like this. And I didn't think Derek Jones Jr. was going to be this much of an impact player for them. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Tim Hardaway Jr. is shooting the ball at a tremendous clip as well. So clearly, the Mavericks actually, when they got all that shit for tanking, they were they should have done that because they got the 10th pick where they selected Lively. If they hadn't tanked, they would have gotten the 12th pick, which would have gone to another team. I forget who off the top of my head. Would have went to um, the Knicks. The Knicks. The oh, Knicks yeah. have that pick, yeah. Yeah. Okay, there you go. So... um. I, I'm just so impressed with this team, but how far do you think they can really go? That's the question I have right now. I mean, I think it's still their lack of defense that's going to hold them back. Like, are they better than the Kings? Are they better than the Clippers? I don't I don't know because they don't play defense. They're very one-sided. Like, the Kings have very good offense, too. Clippers are very good offense, too. So, um, I mean, the difference maker would be would be Luca of all those teams, but I still think when they play teams like the Wolves and teams like the Nuggets and let's see who else who else gets stops. Like I guess OKC is a top ten defense too. So like yeah. when they play teams like that and they're not getting stops and they're like they're not you're not gonna be able to outscore everyone forever. So you at some point you need to to lock up and get stops down the stretch and they just can't do that. So I would put them again at like a 
second round, maybe if Luca plays like an MVP, which could happen, they can get to a conference final, but nothing further than that. See, for me, I feel like that I, I actually have them higher. And that's because we've seen Luca fully put this team on his back and carry them. Um, <laughs> and I think that like they need to make a move clearly. They're clearly a piece away from you know, really making a deep run. Uh, I believe that obviously I think right now, in my opinion, it's the nuggets and it's the Timberwolves. And then it's everybody else in the West, Uh, like the thunder. I would have to see them perform in the playoffs before I really give it to them. Um, The Clippers are really good. That's one of those teams. Again, we need to see it in the playoffs. Uh, The Kings, other, other things, like all these teams kind of fit that other than like the Lakers, the Warriors and the Suns, where, the Suns, I I think, are heading towards a real issue here, um, and we can talk. We're going to talk about that in a later episode. Um, and then the Warriors are obviously in a deep issue, and then the Lakers. I think if they remain healthy, they can really make a run. But for now, I do think the West is sort of open, where you can kind of make a run against teams like Minnesota and Denver. And I do think Luca is good enough to really bring this team you know, along with him and pull them through the playoffs. Um, I don't think that makes them a favorite though, but I could, I wouldn't be surprised if they're one of those, you know, Atlanta Hawks in the Eastern conference finals teams yeah. um, where yeah. it's kind of surprising, but it happens uh, because, or like even the Suns in the finals, like one of those teams where it's just being pulled and dragged. Um, do you have any like targets in mind that the Mavericks should look at? Do you like off the top of your head? I know I'm putting you on the spot here. Um. I mean, not like to look at, but I would say like a good, a cool like thought experiment would be like what would Gobert do on this team, or what would Gobert do for yeah. this team? Someone like an anchor that that I just don't think Minnesota is going to move off of Gobert right now. No, I, never. I, like why? Never. Yeah, not right I, now. I, it's finally working, but I, it's like you, like a maybe like a Mitchell Robinson. I don't know, like someone who's because yeah. that kind of negates what Lively's been doing. But uh, yeah, do you have any? Do you have any thoughts on this? Do you have, do you have any I guys that could actually, that could actually he picked the two guys that couldn't come? All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I guess like when I, the you know, I'm going to do the same thing too, which is funny because I feel like they should have just not gotten rid of DFS, Dorian Finney-Smith. They uh-huh. they made a mistake there um, because he would be perfect for this team right now. Um, a wing with uh, who's an excellent defender and can hit shots. Um I don't think they need like a big star at all. I actually yeah. think they're one of those teams where Luca's so good. You don't need that star. You don't need that first scoring option. That's always, yeah, they have Luka. a one, a one, yeah. one, a. they just need a, a second. I like, I like the idea of Tybal being on the team. Matisse from Tybal from Portland. Um, uh, I just, I think, I don't know if he's shooting the ball well enough to, you know, uh, be successful on the That's team, that, Yeah, but you know, what about bigger like guys? Him, Do you have any like like someone like a second, maybe even a third option that could so just help this team? Jeremy Grant, I think, would be the one that would help clo- bring the gap closer to cl- to clo- uh I don't even know what the fuck I was trying to go. We know what you're saying. Know. We know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. close the gap is what I was trying to say. I don't know why I got all Shakespearean with it, but um <laughs> yeah, no, I think Jeremy Grant on this team would be really helpful. Obviously, he's a really good three and D wing uh on the high end of that. Um he's not a superstar by any means, but he is, you know, paid like one, but I do think he would provide a really good uh, secondary scoring option, um, and as well as he's really someone who focuses hard on defense and, um, 
you know, just defends really, really well. Mm-hmm. I do. I would like, you know, kind of like a Klee, Maxi Kleba um, upgrade at the coming off the bench at big. But I mean, who wouldn't? So that's and one. That of would things. be like Laurie Marketing esque type player, maybe. Well, I would think Marketing would start and be like a focal point. I'm I'm talking someone like in a le- in a secondary level, like a like I if I was this won't happen, but Drew Eubanks off the bench would be something that would, I would feel a lot more comfortable with um, just so I can elevate my size a little bit. And he's a guy with really solid hands. He can't shoot, but he can, you know, he's defensively capable and he's someone that can, you know, make runs at the rim while Luke is getting doubled and can, can get yeah, the definitely. Going. But like, I feel like you could kind of plug anyone into that role. Uh, yeah. Like the Mavs need to compete with the Nuggets and the Wolves would probably be another Good, like great score or someone who yeah like which Kyrie is that so if Kyrie yeah, comes he is back but he's also still... a guard he's also like a ball dominant guard who's taking the ball to Lucas hands versus like a Paul George type three four guy who can shoot and can like give up and be that second option which he's done with like Russ and now Kawhi or like someone like that I feel like we get them yeah. to the, next level. the the other one I really like is OG Ananobi um if he was able to get on this team I think would be really really helpful it's just pretty evident that the Mavericks fucked up by getting rid of Brunson for so cheap. Like mm-hmm. the Knicks only paid him a hundred million or something like that. Total Best contract in sports right now. Yes. A hundred percent. The Mavericks fumbled that one poorly. And then, um, you know, just really like taking the chance on Christian Wood when I feel like we kind of already knew what you were getting with him. And they still kind of rolled the dice with that. Um, there's other moves out there, like maybe letting, letting Dinwiddie and, Dorian Finney-Smith walk, uh, they could have fixed that. Um, but yeah, so I, I do think there's, you know, a higher ceiling for them now because of how Luke is playing. They need to be buyers at this deadline though, because they need Agreed. to keep Luca happy. happy. Um, and I'm very interested if Toronto has a fire sale because Jakob Pertl would be really nice on this team and OG Ananobi would be really nice on this team. I mm-hmm. just don't know assets wise, what they can really give that would be enticing to other teams. Um, yeah. Right Any now, final? yeah, what do you think about Luca for MVP, a bet for MVP? His line is he's plus 500 right now. He's averaging 37 and 11 and 9 since Kyrie's been out. We, we've already been talking about how Kyrie's contract matches up with D'Angelo Russell and Rui from the Lakers if, if the Lakers, who are struggling right now, want to get another score on their team like Kyrie, who's played with LeBron already, obviously. Um. Yeah. Well, I mean, Luca is showing that he can average an insane amount of points and and assist without Kyrie on this team, and the Mavs are still winning games at the rate that they were winning with Kyrie. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if the Mavs wanted to unload Kyrie just before he like creates any drama, and then add more role players like a Rui Hachimura and a D'Angelo Russell around him. Like, what do you think about him for? Uh, about Luca for Ka- uh, for MVP right now. Okay, so there's kind of an interesting thing that you could do here. Um, if you're if you're uh the Mavs, right? So this trade would be. I'm looking at their picks now. They really don't have um a ton of you know really solid picks. Like you're, I'm looking through. They have round one of 2025, round two from Toronto, no protections, round one, 2026, round one, 2027, round one, 2028, and round two, 
uh, from Miami. And because of that and their lack of talent, I think it's going to be hard for them to make like a really solid trade. So if you wanted to, I don't know the likelihood that this trade would ever really happen, but I'm just speaking out loud. And it's essentially um, Rui Hachimura and D'Lo for Kyrie, but then you flip D'Lo's expiring with a couple of picks over to Toronto, and you see if you can either get Jakob Pertl or um, OG. You wouldn't be able to get OG. There's just no way because they could get a much better package than that for OG. But if you uh-huh. flipped over D'Lo and a couple of picks, maybe you attach um, you know, someone else with it, uh, that matches cap-wise for Jakob Pertl. And say Toronto kind of has a fire sale and um, you know, decides to go back and rebuild, you could cancel your protections on the second round pick for 2025, which means you would just give it back to Toronto. Um, and then you could attach some of your future first over there to them, along with an expiring and D that would give them a bunch of uh, cap space so they can take a run at, you know, maybe some Canadian free agents. Um, I don't think that trade happens unless Toronto is really like, Hey, um, we're having a fire sale here. And I think D'Lo and a couple of picks for Jakob Pertl is a solid enough move for them. Um, and I think that's kind of like the only thing off the top of my head I can think of where you get rid of Kyrie, you reroute him for like a better big that kind of fits better. But if I'm being realistic here, I think Kyrie stays because he hasn't been an issue this season and they could really use him, especially in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I agree. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's go. Let's talk about Memphis because jaw is back finally. And now the Memphis Grizzlies are a watchable basketball team, which they were not this entire season. And I'm, I'm so happy he's back. Honestly, I thought this was like an over punishment for what he did. Granted, I feel like we don't know the full story. So maybe that's an aspect of it. Maybe there's more to the story. Nonetheless, I thought they overkilled um, the punishment and I thought it was BS. So I'm really happy that he's back in our lives because John Morant is an awesome basketball player and he makes immediately, he immediately makes the Grizzlies just way more fun to watch. And yeah, they were so hard to watch. 4 0 with him now. All yes. quality wins two against the Pelicans, one against the Pacers, one against the Hawks. Like these are all teams that can win games. Exactly. So they, right now, they are 10 and 19, so they're 13th in the West. They said uh, post game that their goal is to get to 500. I believe 500 would get them into the play in. I think that's a really, really feasible goal. And I think if they get that goal, um, they're a team to watch coming out of the West because they are so good. And I forget, I guess we all collectively forgot that John Morant was practicing with the team the entire time he was suspended. It's not like he was injured, he was with the team the entire time. He just, they, they were just waiting to release him to on the entire NBA. So um, what what do you notice first? Like what sticks out to you as being the most different about the new look Grizzlies with John Morant, the new, the new old look Grizzlies, if you will. <laughs> He's uh, it's just that he can get by anyone at any given time. And then once you get by that first defender, it's you have driving kicks and now you're getting open shots for like Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson, who are guys who, kind of need people and Marcus Smart who are guys who kind of need people to create for them. Like I was watching the Pelicans game last night and there were like possessions with two minutes left in the game where Ja was literally walking the ball down to like the elbow and because the defender can't step up because he's so quick and he'll just go right by. So it's things like that, which are, it's like a very select amount of people in the league 
are, are a threat like that. And I think we have to start talking about where Ja is in this league now, now that we've seen this team with Ja and also without Ja at the same time. I agree. I really like his passing, um, his facilitation uh, that he's been showing ever since he's come back. Yeah. Uh, in his last couple of games, he's had seven assists, 11 assists, eight assists, and eight assists. So he's really yeah. looking to move the ball around. Uh, not that he didn't before, but I like that he's really focusing on getting his teammates involved. He's not shooting the ball well at all. He's one for seven, one for three, one for three, oh, for five. He's shooting 16.7% from the three-point line right now. He is not typically a good good three-point shooter. He really hasn't been in his uh, entire career. He shot his career regular season is 31.8% from three. He shot 47% from three in the play-in tournament in three games and then 35% from three. Um in the playoffs. So the, his numbers tell you, he's probably going to get back to being normal. He's probably just getting back into NBA uh, speed of closeouts and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he will shoot the ball better. And yeah, he just brings an identity to this Memphis team that they were clearly lacking. Um, there was a lot of whose team is it now that jaw's gone. I don't think Jaron Jackson jr. Is like the guy who can have a team on his back like that. He just fouls no. way too much. And, yeah. and he doesn't seem like he's, just old enough to do that yet or mature enough, I guess would be the word. I don't know him personally though. So that's kind of a crazy statement, but um, I, and it's certainly not Marcus smarts team. Like we can sit here and lie to ourselves and all that. Um, It's not Marcus smarts team. Uh, dude, he's... Speaking of that, the backcourt with Ja and looks so good because yes, like end of the Pelicans game last night, uh, smart steps in the last possession of the game draws a charge on Zion. Yeah, on Zion, like that's that's a bowling ball that coming. To you. And you're yeah, you but you're creating the identity for this team, like the grit, like exactly. It like this is what the Grizzlies need, and also hopefully we've seen Marcus Smart build a culture in Boston. Hopefully he can keep Ja out of trouble and on a leash a little bit. I I like that point because I I hope that happens as well. Um, I'm a little nervous. His dad gave some kind of crazy interviews. Uh recently saying that he doesn't want to apologize to anybody and all and how the NBA is wrong. And then they asked him, it was on uh, Eddie Johnson and Justin. Um, oh, I forget his name, but it was a, a serious XM radio show. Um, he was on the Bill Simmons podcast talking about it. And he mentioned that uh, they had Jaws dad on and Jaws dad. They asked him if he, if Jaws still hangs out with the same friends that were causing issues. And his dad's like, Oh, his circle has not changed at all. Um, Bro, what is he kind of double down? I know. So T Morant needs to relax because he's trying to live vicariously through Jaw. And did you see his celebration, Jaw's celebration at the end of the game? Yeah, like it was like gun celebration. Kinda, yeah, I know. He's that's he's what drives guy. me nuts. It's like, dude, it's so easy to not pretend to shoot something. Also, like, you grew up in the suburbs, dude. You had a white picket fence life. I don't know who you're yeah. trying to. But yeah. also, please don't hurt me if you're listening. Please don't hurt me. I'm so sorry, Jaw. I really didn't mean it. <laughs> <laughs> that was Letty said that not me. I, I didn't believe you. I grew, I believe you grew up somewhere really tough, probably. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I it it's weird for us to speculate, but I that's not great if you're the M. I all I'm saying is the NBA is watching, and this that was his final chance. He could be out of the league if he fucks up again. You know, yeah. he looks at a gun wrong. So voice crack. Um, so what he is needs to be on a tight leash? Subject change. What is your ceiling for this Grizzlies team right now? Like a fun playoff team. I don't expect them to go too deep just because they haven't had, um, they've had an off season 
not like like a, like a, as in weird like it's a very unique season for jaw to just come in and um make them automatically like a contender i don't think that's fair they're still pretty injured like they're missing tillman still and um there's an us obviously steven adams being out really yeah. hurts brandon them. clark out too. yeah brandon clark's out for the season as well smart's been injured here and there uh same with bain and jaron jackson i they're very young still um i think this team needs to consolidate they have a ton of pretty good players but they they need to consolidate i don't know why they let kenny lofton walk for free to the to philly um i think he's an asset and he clearly wasn't clearly other teams thought so too because he got so picked right up right away yeah so i don't know why they let him walk for free if i'm them you got to make a move like you could get like a second round pick for him at least um maybe even like a low end first or something so probably not actually that's a, that's a that's cap but you could definitely get like one second round pick which is better than nothing um, yeah, I think them, if you, I think they need to make a trade. Yeah, I think also I think if you put this team in the East, this Grizzlies team, I I do think they would have more of a chance because this the yeah. East is kind of top heavy with the the Celtics, the Bucks, and the Sixers as your top three, and then everyone else is kind of behind them. Um, but they need I, more I, shooting. I still, I still don't think they're they're top four in the West right now because OKC is playing so good, and then. For some the Kings part of are good, because, the Clippers. Yeah, I, I don't like them over the Kings, but I think like the Clippers still have more playoff experience and can can find a way to win games, and they have like a bona fide. Clippers are way deeper. And Kawhi deeper, yeah. So, but what stands out to me about the the Grizzlies is that they still have a top ten defense right now, and they are twenty fourth in the league in rebounding. So, I think, and that's because their centers are out, obviously. But the fact they still have a top ten defense is. Crazy, and they had the worst offense in the league before Ja is was back. Now Ja's back, and they're averaging. They were averaging 106 points. Now they're averaging 115 points since Ja's been back. I do. I there's a bet out there on DraftKings. I think I saw which is plus like 400 for the Grizzlies to make the playoffs. I am 100 percent going to hammer that. I think Ja's shown that they will. They'll be in the playing tourney, and I think they will get into the playoffs. They'll win games. Um, but yeah, I do think they could use like a fix that rebounding. I think they could use like a, a bruiser, like an Andre Drummond type guy. Who knows what the Bulls are going to do because the Bulls have started to win games recently. But uh, but yeah, I do want to talk about um where we think Ja ranks in the league now, like amongst young guards, like because he kind of fell off. People are talking about Tyrese Halliburton more. They're talking about Jalen Brunson more. All these younger guards that are coming up. Um, so I think it it it's a good debate to have to see where Ja is in the league. Yeah, I Brunson and Halliburton are above him for me, just because. And it's not even on the off courts, the, the off the court stuff. Which, even if you're including that, uh, I still agree. Like Halliburton, the way that he is able to pass the ball without getting turnovers and gets assists is at a way higher level than what Josh can do. Josh, yeah. Josh still turns the ball over. He had six turnovers last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brunson, the way that he can score at will, he's a more dynamic scorer than Jaw. He can. He's a three-level scorer. He can score mid-range from the three and at the paint. Jaw is really a – he's looking to get to the paint. He doesn't have much of a jumper. Um, so I'll take Brunson and uh, Halliburton over him. And I trust those guys as leaders and as competitors and everything like that. So yeah, that's, a big, um, that's a big part of it. Yeah, and I, I feel like I want to wait to have the jaw debate because I feel like that could be a really good, you know, like – 
really well thought out debate and I haven't prepped for it. So I, I say we put, okay. put a pin yeah, in we'll that one in that for sure, because that one's a fun one to have for sure. Um, yeah. All right. That'll do it for us here on this episode of the couch. We'll be back later in the week with another NFL and some NBA stuff. Me and Letty are going to be grinding uh, this new year, as well as Jordan Butzian's wick. So thank you all for listening. We'll be back shortly and peace. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,